We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I uh I have I've fought the good fight for a while uh, and the hairline really wasn't and hasn't been receding um until now like I'm just starting to get like I've always had a huge forehead with a giant scar or scars I should say in the middle now um it says they say that you're on mute so that shouldn't be the case uh there we go well, how about now there we go coming in was you, I muted yeah I had you muted cuz wow. I'm an idiot the whole beginning of the show has been ruined because you're an idiot. Yeah, we, we didn't get uh, your great uh, hairline story about your uncle. You want to tell it again? Uh, yeah, so I had an uncle that when I was like seven, he had <laughs> hair. And then, you know, from seven to 14, some guys just lose it. And when I was like 14, we were at a uh, you know, family get-together, and he was it was gone. And, you know, it's like one of those when it happens, you don't really say anything. Just let it go. Yeah, I mean, you just let it. Nobody wants to get made fun of, right? It's not their fault. But my uncle used to just address it by going, "Ah, my forehead. It just it keeps growing. It doesn't stop." And then it uh, just took over my hair. That was always a funny joke for saying I, I went bald. Yeah, I I don't know about you. Like, it doesn't really run in my family other than a little bit. Like, my dad has it, but nobody else really. So it's like the one thing that I have in life is that I can count on having hair for a long time. And even if I don't, I have a big round melon that's just it works well with a shaved head. I see. I have a problem. I have big ears, and then I also kind of have a smaller-ish face. Mm. So I, I feel like if I, if it your goes, ratio is skewed. Yeah. So if it goes, I'm gonna look like Adam Silver. It and happens. Look, no offense to Adam Silver. He's a great guy, good commish. He probably wishes he had hair. Is my guess. I don't know, he's um, got a round dome, so he can pull it off. It's just long. The, again, he's the so ratio. Skinny. Yeah. You know, he's so skinny, so it's like a skeletor type. I'm probably gonna be that if I lose my hair, but. I've always maintained if I have my hair till I'm at least 40. That's a win. It's a win. And yeah. then if it goes at 45 or 50, like I'm sure Whatever. it will. You had 40 I'm good shaving. years. Dude, I won't give an S if I'm 50 years old and bald. Like, Oh, I yeah. No, 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 no. Like the, the second this like starts to like creep, creep. Yeah. And like it's it's getting like bicked. It's yes. like it's everybody's saying, yeah, no, Sprague is muted. Sprague is muted. Sprague. Now it's good. Now it's good. Yeah, no, it's because I'm an idiot. So... <laughs> I've been, That's unusual. Usually it's my fault. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this time, entirely on me. 
I have rebuilt everything from scratch. Uh, shout out Twitch for getting a giant data breach and me like scrambling to change everything. And oh, they had a data breach. Oh yeah, that's yeah. what happened. So oh. I I because everything is like the 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 setup is through Twitch, even though it's Streamlabs OBS and everything that I use to do this. Like all of yeah. the login is all linked in through that, and I'm like. Okay, we're starting from scratch. Going to go ahead and pull pull the plug on everything and make sure it's all good. Uh, Johnny, Andre, Corey, Brady, thank you guys uh, for pouring in here. Um, first time I noticed the hairline creeping up, I went full stone cold. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like if you can do it, do it. Uh, I have I, people in my family who remain nameless um, <laughs> have not have not succumbed to that that quite yet when they really should. Do you know who um do you know who Mike Tannenbaum is? Yeah. Do you know who that is? So he's for those who don't, he's a former NFL front office guy. Mm -hmm. He's on ESPN all the time now. I saw him today when I was doing the radio show, and I look up on my TV and he his hair is like worse than Stephen A's. It's like starting right where my headset is. Yes. Yeah. That's basically his hair. He's and using just, the headset to like hold his hair. Well, he wasn't using a headset, it was just a TV shot, and I thought Dude, I'm Let already go. basically seeing what you look like bald. Just shave that off and keep it low. You're like, never going to go full Erlacher? I don't think I can pull Erlacher off. I think I'm going to have to be like... Nope, no know, plugs? No, no plug. I mean, if I could afford it, I for I sure think he, he got the plug plug. Remember, he, he was bald. He was bald coming out of New Mexico State. Yeah, he was bald bald. Like, um, it's weird to see him with hair. Yeah, my coworker played against him in college, and he was like, yeah, he was bald in college. So to see him with hair now, it's kind of bizarre. Drew Brees did this, too. He went and got hair. Oh, that's right. I forgot about it. Like, everybody's like, oh, I could never do that. You know, it comes with, you know, all of the negative. And then some guys are just like, screw it. I'm just going to do it. Like, Erlacher, like, I think he had a billboard, like, for whatever, like, Bosley or whatever it was that he did. Like, he became, like, the, the spokesperson for him. So he got his, his hair right, and then... Uh, yeah, I'm Joey says Stephen's a, a Stephen A's is getting bad. No, it's not getting. It's it's, it's been, been it's been yeah. that way. But listen, I mean, he makes like eight mil, ten mil a year right now as the hardest working guy in sports. So, man can do what he wants. Speaking of doing what you want, welcome in. You you could have gone anywhere else, but you came here. Welcome into the Jack Ramsey's live show. I am Danny Morang, joined as always by Brandon Sprague. Uh, we obviously have some preseason action to discuss, which. Hey, all right. Uh, we're a little bit early today just because, again, we blame, blame Sprague. Uh, that's what we do here. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were, you'll kind of see the, the non-game day shows. We'll try to keep them right around 5 o'clock-ish, uh, give or take, just to kind of make things work. Uh, you'll also see the pregame shows slot in at that time unless we get those weird East Coast games, uh, in which case we'll go a little bit further back. Uh, we'll try to go at like 3, 3.30, something like that. Um, but yeah, Sprague, we have actual basketball to talk about, man. We do. I, I also want to note, so we posted the post-game show from the first preseason game. You and I talked off mm -hmm. the air about this, but I feel like it's fair to share it. We probably won't be posting the pre. Yeah. Just because it's going to be so dated. It's going to be dated like, real quick. So you, you guys yeah. will get the post-game wrap-up, which will be anywhere from 25 to 35 minutes a night. It'll be rapid reaction. It'll be like... Within a few minutes after the horn, like if something crazy happens, we have to adjust some things. I got to get some graphics, that kind of stuff. But otherwise, yeah. it's going to be pretty darn quick right after the game. Uh, those will hit your feed. 
uh, they'll be ready for you to go in the next morning if you can't stay up late or you want to know what happened or Mm -hmm. the big storylines. It'll be basically your condensed like game notes version. Like, hey, here's what we saw. Here's what we thought. And we're not. We'll hit some box score stuff, but it's not going to be. Oh, they scored this many points. And I don't even think we mentioned the final score in the post game the other night. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It It was well. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it does not matter. Preseason scores do not matter. So, um, but again, thank you all for coming and joining. If you haven't already, please subscribe here on YouTube, uh, youtube.com backslash Danny Uh, if you have not already subscribed to the podcast, uh, you can click on the link tree or just go search Jacked Ramsey's and then subscribe there, wherever you get your podcasts, you or iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts, megaphone, stitcher. There's so many stinking platforms out there. We're on all of them. So cool right like uh it's been amazing uh we had great support on the first post game show uh we've had great support here doing these live shows and uh again thank you all so 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 very much and if you like us please share us with somebody you know uh, help us grow we're just short of 1500 on the youtube channel uh the uh podcast continues to grow and grow and grow uh and really to be honest kicks kick ass on numbers so yeah, thank you guys great. for that um <laughs> That's the the business portion of it. Uh, I think the uh, immediate thing to discuss here, at least for me, is uh, we we kind of already hit on some other stuff basketball-wise. We'll kind of go back a little bit and talk about it. Uh, But news from practice today, uh, Cody Siller has a broken nose and it requires surgery, and he's going to have it on Friday. The uh, supposed curse of the Blazers' big men (laughs) continues. Eh? Mm Mm-hmm. There must be some water that the centers drink every day at the practice facility that says you're instantly going to be attracted to the ball in this region. Yeah. Um, look, I it's it sucks. You feel bad for Cody because he's got to have surgery because it got so crushed. But the good news is they make masks for this stuff. We've seen time and time again players are still able to play through this. Cubs still playing with his from last year. Right. Yeah, yeah. You still get people that it's like nagging. It, mm-hmm. it takes a while to heal right. So it sucks. It does. It's um. you hope that it stops happening now that he's going to go through surgery, but yeah. he's still able to play. So that the good news is it was an injury that's not going to actually impact the regular season. That's the good news. For the most part, he's probably going to have some. The good thing is he's not like a high usage offensive guy. Right. It's a it's a matter of like, you know, struggling through the awkwardness of it. Cause everybody who's ever worn one has said the same thing. Like this thing is stupid. It's kind of hard to breathe. And with him having nose surgery, you would imagine it's probably going to be a little bit of a hindrance for him. Like learning how to like, I don't know about anybody else. I'm a horrible mouth breather. So I'm a <gasps> kind of person. Uh, I can't, mm. I can't breathe through my nose for crap, dude. Like I, anytime you, even when I was running all the time, you know, when I was in, when I was in the air force, we ran miles and I had a, uh, former cross country star from from Kansas, University of Kansas, and he's like, "How do you run with your mouth open?" I'm like, "Ah, how do you not?" <laughs> like, I don't. He's like, "You look like a fly trap out there." I had a great lieutenant. Um, Two best mask players of all time. Would you say Rip Hamilton and LeBron, or is there somebody I'm forgetting? Yeah, black mask LeBron. Like right? where they they wore the mask, and seemingly there was no difference with how. I think they Rip got better. Rip did get better. I think That's Rip he, got better with the mask. He wore it the rest of his career yeah. because how good he was. He just with got it. used to it. It was his arm. It was his AI arm sleeve. Yeah, I, I, like, I don't need that anymore. Just let it go, man. But he was. It became right. like part of him. Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably the list. It's it's kind of weird, but uh, somebody had a question in here. Uh, I think it was Joey. Yeah. So, what do you think about Roko or Nance getting backup center time if Zeller can't go? 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Real quick, I think Zeller should be good to go probably by the regular season. I would imagine that they could have kind of figured it out. But let's be honest, it's a nose surgery. He's a center, and apparently Blazer Biggs are just a magnet for getting hit in the face. Even with a mask on, it still hurts. Oh, like, for sure. It still doesn't feel good. So yeah. I would imagine he's going to catch a elbow or an arm or a ball or something to stray to the face and – you know, we'll we'll see some some different things in that regard. So uh, maybe this forces their hand a little bit. Maybe Cody doesn't go on on was it Monday? So maybe uh-huh. he doesn't go on Monday because he's fresh out of surgery case. on Friday. So yeah. so your first backup big off the bench is still going to be Nance, but he's not coming in at the four. He's coming in at the five. Maybe Nas slides up. Maybe Snell's ready to go. He didn't practice today, but I heard that he's getting close. He's optimistic that he's going to be out there soon. So, so perhaps you get a Snell Nasir Little. Or maybe they, maybe because of this, the Blazers take extended looks at Marquise Chris. Yeah, no, they really might be considering it now. I mean, look, I, I think he'll play, but we don't know how he's going to feel. And you said it, like, yeah. what if he takes one hit to the nose, like, with a mask or not, that's going to effing yeah. hurt. It's not going to feel great, Bob. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But, I, I mean, to that question, though, I mean, look – Rocco's played the five before, but we have Larry Nance. So, and they've regard, got Chris, okay. and they and then they if they want to, they can throw two pad out there. Patrick Patterson can go out. He's there. He's got and, six fouls, and he's old. Use him. Yeah, and he's and the Blazers know who he is. Like Chauncey had him with the Clippers as an assistant. Like the, the, nobody needs to see a single minute from Patrick Patterson to know what he is as a player. I, if they if they end up going with him, it's because they they 
want his locker room presence. They want like his vibes. Like they don't care really about his basketball acumen right at this point in time. So let me ask you this. It's been a couple of days since their game. Um, what have been your thoughts of just the general reaction from that preseason game, a game that I largely tell people like does not matter. It's, it's going to be irrelevant. Rotations will not be the same. But, like, they lost. Their defense didn't look good. Like, people – you know how people react to this. What has been your reaction to the reaction for a couple of days now? Um, what's really funny is I've been painted as for a long time as the, the negative guy, right? Uh, he doesn't – I had somebody outwardly say the other day that I hate this team and I should go cheer for the Lakers, which, sure, okay. <laughs> it's one of those things where you just kind of, like, you find yourself looking at it. How in the world have you reached that sentiment it, it does. It doesn't make any sense to me. But with all of that as the framing, uh, I went over to Blazers Edge to kind of see, you know, in the comment section how people were feeling, and you could tell that there was a visceral fear setting in already, and a lot of that has to do, I think, with so many people saying fifty-five wins, fifty-eight wins, sixty wins. Like people have just been like. People really think oh, this team oh God. can win 60 games? People think this, I mean, 50 is a stretch, let's be honest. And that's like, Do you know how hard it is to win 60? You know how hard it is to win 50? I, I do. Do you know like how many times? They've won 51 plus in the franchise history. I think it's 14 times. Yeah. And this I mean, is a franchise that has been historically very good. Like if Just you, a, yeah. So 60, bleh, like that's the thing. I, I said this a couple weeks ago. I can't remember where, where I came up with it, but the general idea is that the Golden State Warriors completely foobarred any rational thought of like what 60 and 70 wins is. Like, because they, they were so good winning so handedly that that became like, oh, that's what really a great team is. And it's like, no, you're talking about the greatest regular season team of all time. That can't be the bar that you're using to pull from. Like that, that can't be what you're saying is like, oh yeah, no teams can win. No winning 45 games is a good season. Winning 50 is a great season. 54, 55 plus you're a title contender. 60 is insane, dude. Don't, I mean, look, yeah. I mean, that just caught me off guard to hear that there was even one person. To oh say God. 60. Yeah. No, I've seen multiple um, people 58 plus and it's just, I think, yeah, and those, you know, it's easy to react to that, but, like, there is no chance that that is more than 2% of the fan base that really, truly believes that in their heart of hearts. And, in fact, I would guess I, that I want to do a poll on it. How many people think are the, I, I ran one earlier, but I think it was before the Nance trade, how many people uh -huh. thought that, were, that they were going to win more than 50, and it was, like, 38%, and there was, like, a 1,000 people in that vote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, still not the majority. No, but, but that's, I mean, that's that's, that's crazy, uh, dude. Like, I just read Hollinger. I'm reading everybody's pieces yeah. now coming on on different – like, Hollinger broke a lot of stuff down. and said you know, six. He, thinks, he said six yeah. again. He says 45 wins, which I think would actually hit their over for yeah. the win total. Yeah, 43 and a half, 44 and a half. They're, they're, Depending they're, on where you look. Yeah, it, what's weird is, is there, there's not a consensus, which I thought was a little bit strange. Uh, every book's got a little different number, but um, I, I thought that was realistic. I think they're going to get fourth just because I think they value the regular season. But A little bit more a, than other teams, yeah. That could be a difference, Danny, of – Hollinger says 45, I say 47. Like, it's it's that slim a margin in the West, so it's not like it's that big of a gap. When you get to, like, 52-plus... You're, you're in mean, title contention. Like, legitimately, that's, that's where you Utah. start. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to be honest, as much Broadway as people like to clown on them, yeah, they are right there. They're, they, are, they are a team where... 
this is where I think I, I, I break apart the 2018-19 Western Conference Finals run and like where the Jazz are right now. Mm-hmm. If you told me that the Utah Jazz were in the Western Conference Finals when the season was over, it would not surprise me. Would it no, surprise it you? Surprise me. Okay. No, it wouldn't surprise the me. The 2018-19 Blazers team winning the Western Conference Finals, would that surprise you? Yes. That's, that shocked me. Yes. And I that's, thought they were going to lose the first round match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is you, you look at, at where teams are and then the thoughts of where they, they're, they end up. Right. More often than not, while the Blazers have, have exceeded like gambling expectation lines, national lines, it's not like they've like shattered those records. You mm-hmm. can go back to the 15-16 season when Lamar, after LaMarcus left and nobody knew what the hell this team was. Yeah. I mean, I made a significant amount of money on that bet because 26 and a half was a low number. Right. But, again, I think this all comes back to two things. One, the messaging from the team of Terry was every single problem and that the roster is significantly better and it's the deepest team. If both of those things are in place where you have a new coach and Terry was the problem, and the roster is better, expectations are up here. And then you go out there, and a lot of the things that you look at are, well, the defense doesn't look that much different other than they're they're more aggressively blowing coverages. Like, that's that's a change. And they need time with that. That's, that's fine. And the offense, while it looked a little bit different, it's still mainly the same thing. They had 26 turnovers, Brandon. Yeah. This is a team that took better care of the ball than basically any team over the last five years. So you're seeing some stark changes, and I think what or very sharp contrasts in what expectations were versus what actually happened. Yeah. And I think to have, I guess I would say, to, to, to place those expectations in game one of the preseason – you know, like everybody's entitled to feel how they feel, but like personally, I I wouldn't be placing that on this team. I expected them to have a lot of bad moments. I mean, it's a new system, it's a new staff, it's a new roster to a certain extent. Like, it's it's almost like when I um I golf pretty frequently. I'm not a great golfer, but then I, I took golf lessons and I had to re break apart my swing and re figure out how to swing everything. I was awful. Yeah, awful. The first like five rounds, and I'm still not very good. But now you're, st- I'm starting to see and feel a difference with a new swing. I think it. Well, we lost um, you. Oh, I, there sorry. we go. I, I think it's very similar to that. I think it's you're just breaking things down, and you're re. You got to build back up. Yeah, you're gonna go through some lumps, and I think they're gonna take those in the regular season too. But I, I don't know. I guess it's just interesting to see how people approach expectations towards teams like this when they're in entirely new situations i think i've got the lower third going on this kind of this is kind of where it was going to get to coach billups after one game what was your general thought of like not just the rotations or anything like that because that's stuff they're going to feel out but post game press conferences just Mm -hmm. general feel uh now that this were a couple days removed did it live did it feel any different um, I think the post-game, pre-game practice stuff is is going to be different than Terry. I think he's going to be a little more forthright yeah. in a lot of aspects. And, and, and more open in the sense of, like, the they had Chauncey mic'd up in camp. 
Terry would have never done that. That's just not who he is. Right. So I think you're, you're, that's that's a player thing though. Like he did that in the NBA. Yeah. So that doesn't mean like there's there's a little bit right. different understanding in that regard. So like as far as like that openness and like maybe what, how much more he'll let you in, I think changes. I think I think what I took away, and this isn't like a grand conclusion by any stretch, right? But your question is Chauncey. Like I don't have a problem with the way he speaks to the media. I you know like Quick has been honest and said you know it's like a breath of fresh air. And I get that you're covering Terry. You got a different person. I totally understand yeah. that. The game stuff, and I've been joking about this on my radio show, did we get Nate McMillan or did we get Jason Kidd? And I am legitimately wondering how many games is he going to get out coached? How many moments is he not going to be thinking chess from the coaching perspective and more the player perspective, which mm-hmm. could be good, but sometimes that can bite you too. And and I think that's something to monitor is does he truly strike you as – he knows what to do and what to call in every moment. And I know that's why Roy and Scott are on the bench with him, but I think that's a pretty pivotal part yeah. of this whole thing, right? He could be great at answering questions and being honest. You got to know what to do in the right situation. And some of those situations, it's going to be give Dame the damn ball, but other times it's going to be bad matchups. There's going to be rotation adjustments you're going to have to make. And this league is full of guys that have been around. They've been around the block a little bit. Like I wouldn't pick him to outcoach Steve Kerr. Yeah. So, to me, it's going to be a patience thing and also kind of seeing and feeling how we feel about this. If they're 20 games in, Danny, and they're 13 and seven, are we, I'm going to play this fun game every day, probably. Nate McMillan or Jason Kidd, how are we <laughs> feeling about that right now? And there could be an in-between of that. but And I think that's yeah. ultimately what we'll get through with the first year. Right. And that's where, and again, we'll, we'll constantly kind of evaluate and reevaluate where Chauncey is, where they want him to be, where we expect him, all, all that kind of stuff. But the thing about it for me is, is that how much is he learning? Is he making the same mistakes? Yes. I think that's yeah. the more important thing when we're looking at this is how well does he get, like he's, he's going to get kicked on an adjustment. Either he makes, he over adjusts or he under adjusts in a situation and it's going to bite him. Does right. he continue to make the same mistakes? And I think that's going to be one of the things that's, that's going to kind of pop up. Uh, Harrison Winkler came in and says, is Sprague walk, rocking the chain? Look at you. you Been get- rocking the gold chain since I went to Hawaii, baby. <laughs> By the way, full disclosure for anybody seeing this and like, oh, I'm going to rob that skinny mofo. <laughs> this is legitimately a $15 chain. This is not real gold. Oh, is, is, spend- is that a uh, turn your neck green kind of chain? No, it's like that in between. It's a material that has I don't know. My wife said it's not the neck green gold chain. It's 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 legitimate to not turn my neck green and to make people think it's real gold. Okay, it so it, just just good enough to trick you into getting robbed and then realizing it's it's a bad idea. If you wanted it and you saw me on the street, and you had you a take knife, it off. I would gladly hand. I'd be like, hey, go, go just dangle it at him. Go pawn it. Good luck. <laughs> I hope you get four dollars. Uh, we're getting some arguments in the conversation or in the comments right now about young guys. Well, just about about young guys in general, I think. Young um, players or coaches? Young players, but I think okay. that also pertains to, to young coaches as well. As far as like when we're talking about development, and I think that's that's a, a good transition for us to go from talking about Chauncey Billups and into Nasir Little. Uh, I, I the the way I've caveated this was was Nasir Little take a breath. Went one for nine, had five turnovers, um, box score stuff. Da, 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 da. That's suboptimal, right? But well, Chauncey alluded to it. He just didn't call him out by name. He said, "Guys, we're pressing and trying yeah. too hard." And even even did even a little bit further the next next time they talked. He was like, "He'll be fine." And I think that's 
Don's just got his option. He's got a coach who he's got a clean slate. It doesn't matter if it's Chauncey. It could have been a dude off the street. It's just when you've got a new boss, what do you want to do? You want to impress. Right. And so he realized, oh, I've, I can really pre- I can really do something here. And you could tell. You and I were, were talking during the game. It was just like, he needs to slow the hell down. He is, you could tell, it was like a puppy you're getting ready to feed, man. He was just like, uh, 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 you know, just waiting for the food to hit the bowl kind of a deal. It was like, it's okay, man. It's not going anywhere. And that's mm-hmm. the thing is I think, and this is I think what's going to be really interesting with Chauncey. And tell me if you're on the same same plane here. Chauncey's going to give him that chance. He's going to give him that leash here because he's publicly kind of backed him and endorsed him. So he's got to give him a chance to either publicly succeed or publicly fail. Does that seem fair? If Snell's ready to play, I don't know how long that's going to last, though. What does that look like for you? Ideally, like 10 to 12 games. Like if, you, if you're still doing what you did in the preseason game and you do it the rest of the preseason and then you're going to carry that over, I don't know why we would continue to give him minutes. Like he was erratic. He wasn't good. He wasn't fitting in with what they were doing. Like I, I didn't like any of the things Nas showed us. But again, that's it's one game. He could be pressing. He can easily turn this around. But I can't fathom that that's going to be very long in the regular season. Yeah, and here's the thing: looking ahead to, to game two, three, and four in the preseason, I would be very shocked if Nasir looked as rattled as he did in game one. I think it's the first time, and, and Dame alluded to it. He said, hey, you know, you've got all these expectations. You're getting your first real shot. You want to do everything you can possibly do all at once. There was one possession where he caught it on the left wing, and he sized them up, jab, 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 you know, went into his dribble package and then drove, and then was like, oh, crap, what do I do now? And it was and it was just like, you could see it was just like, Nuss, you're just, you're making yeah. this really hard, dude. You just... Right. Play ball because we've seen what he does when he plays ball. A 30-point outburst against Milwaukee. You know, he's come in and had these spurts where 12 points in, you know, in a game here, 14 in a game yep. there. It's like, just take it. And it. I saw a lot of people saying, well, he was hyped all camp. Da, 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 da. It was like, yeah, both things can be true. He could have gone out there and pressed and been completely sideways in a game because he's a 21-year-old kid. And let's not get it twisted. 21's still a kid. Well, I mean, what what rookie quarterback had the greatest preseason? Zach Wilson. He's been awful yeah. this year. So, like, Peyton Manning was a know. dumpster fire. <laughs> he set the record for interceptions. You you people just got to understand that like you can be hyped and it can be legitimate hype, and then you can go out there and, and you can have lay an bad egg. moments. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the 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 easy transition here, and we we talked about it uh, after game one, uh, and that's Anthony Simons. You're talking about a guy who was hyped two years ago. Mm-hmm. Dame has been pretty steady with his praise of Ant. And people I've talked to around the organization have all been very steady with their praise of Ant as far as like the things that he can do. And one of the biggest questions that I think uh, most people were, uh, I think pessimistic would be a very safe way to phrase this, is Ant's ability to run the second unit in any capacity, let alone like a little bit or taking the full reins of the second unit. Uh he looked not just okay. He looked very good. He looked under control and dictated. He didn't do anything that, that blew people away, but I think what he showed was, listen, I can do this. Like, we're, we're good here. If I told you you were going to get 12-5 and five out of Anthony Simons this season, what would you say to that? I mean, I think you would take that. Um, I, I should also note, like, I really liked what I saw from him, too. 
he's got to do that every single preseason game. Every, yep. you can't you can't be having like one out of four games you're doing that and then you're going back to like old tendencies that's kind of what the season is for him right like when we interviewed him we talked to him that what he alluded to that himself he's like I, I i gotta be consistent and give this team what they need off the bench he knows what his role is yeah so the next it's the consistency in yes. picking his spots which right. i think and, this is great for the preseason and it, it look averages are averages for a reason. He's going to have a bad game. Those Yo, are going to be in there, but um, it's going to be largely when he comes off that bench, you're not going, oh, oh my God, I don't know what we're going to do here. You're kind of like, all right, I can trust what he is going to provide to this second unit. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and I think that's that's a boom for this team. Like that's yeah. because it's it was a real question. More than anything, more than any box scores, more than any anything else that comes along with it. The the thing that I really appreciated that I really liked when I was watching was that Ant did not turn his back to defenders. So when he brought the ball up, it was with confidence. He had a little kind of a you know a point guard bounce to his step. You know what I'm talking about. You get a little bit of that hop step. You want to blow into the hands. You know you're just kind of feeling the vibes. And in, Avery Bradley picked him up because the scouting report says press him, hundred yeah. percent. Every every opponent's scouting report on Anthony Simon says press him. His handle's loose. And Ant didn't turn his back. He squared up. There was the possession where he needs the, this is the, the, the growth you're talking about on the other stuff. Yeah. He had Iguodala who Iggy is not the player he used to be. He is not the athlete he used to be, but I guarantee you when Ant is sizing him up, he's thinking about Andre Iguodala, the likely probable hall of famer. He's all famer. Everybody's a hall of famer plays in basketball. <laughs> but that being said, Ant attacked him aggressively, crossed yeah. him up, hit him with that in and out and twisted Iggy into knots got to the rim smoked the layup but more than smoking the layup the aggression and the confidence in attacking a guy like Iguodala who even though he's old even though he's lost more than a step he's got the IQ and the ability to cut off angles and to to, to swipe the ball away I and mean, that's just what he has made a living doing and he tied him in knots and I think that's that's a building block to go off of I mean I 
he smoked the layup, yeah. But I thought I think the bigger thing there is that he went and got a layup. You know what I mean? Got like, to he the went rim. Got himself that yep. look. Yeah, that's going to be a vital thing for him this year. Anything from Ant's game other than like kind of what we we've hit on that, that either you have more questions about or you want to see more of going forward, or are you just no. kind of like, hey, this was good. We want to see more of this. It's it's that. It's it's. Yeah. I liked what I saw. I don't have any more expectations than what he did. Maybe maybe you know statistically, I know that can somewhat be misleading in box scores when you evaluate everything. Mm. But seeing the twelve. Hell, maybe 14 points, like, and feeling that impact versus, oh, he finished with 14. They were down by 15. He played garbage minutes. Yeah. Feeling the impact, impact points. Impact points is what I would like to see. Basically, take what you did and keep doing that. Make me feel comfortable because here's the underrated part of that. If he can get to that level and he's giving you this consistently, People wanted to poke fun at their offseason. I'm kind of one of them, right? I don't think they had a great offseason. Their marginal moves is what they did, and they kept the one guy that they kind of traded everything for. They had to sign Norm yeah. Powell. When Ant gives you that production, it's basically like another free agent acquisition. It's a guy that didn't give you nearly close to that. And then the next year, the production was like, whoop, it went way up. So it almost feels like you got another player in the offseason. That goes the same for Nas. Too. Yep. If Nas can find it, you're going to feel almost like, oh, we got two new players on this team because they weren't last year what they are this year. And the thing about that is, and I think this is where I probably break off from a lot of people. While those two guys hitting becomes a very, very good thing for this team, I don't think unless one or both hit, and I mean hit, like Ant is legitimately in a sixth man of the year. You're looking at him, hit him as a potential starter going into next season. Like basically what we saw from CJ when he broke out and it got his, his most improved, like it, that kind of growth, none of that is going to be enough to elevate them to actual contender status because no. they share the floor with Damon CJ. Like they, they can't get the, the minutes to get out there and get out there and, and, and be as impactful. I'd have to go through – you'd be better at this than me, admittedly. I'd have to go through and look at rosters to really kind of remind myself a refresher. Do you really believe he can win MIP or six-man? Because the six-man thing I feel like is just going to go to Jordan Clarkson every GD year yeah. as long as he's on the Utah Jazz. I, I genuinely most believe most most improved he could win. Okay. Because it, it always goes to, to – Well, it always goes to an offensive guy who like increases always. their points. And, and Ant was, I think, at seven last year. I and if let's say he goes from seven to let's say it gets it goes crazy. Let's say he gets like sixteen. And sixteen he, would be amazing. I, I for me, I think twelve to fourteen is a very comfortable place to go. I'm cracking really for fourteen. Yeah, cracking fifteen is that next step, and then cracking twenty. Like when you're talking about like categorizing scores in the league, your first is like let's get above seven. And then let's get above 12 to 14 and then right. get above fifth. Like the perfect example of this is like Wes Matthews. He was at that, like that 15 level. And then he got that, that growth. He added the post game. He added the ability to take guys out off the closeouts. And like, all of a sudden you're like 17. You're like, Oh, okay. like Norman Powell, same kind of thing. He was a dunker out of the three point to his game. The ability yep. to, to attack off the bounce got to 17, 18, that next plateau to 20. That's the, I think the hardest threshold in the NBA to cross. Uh, when you're talking about scoring. But I think Ant has the ability to get to that 16-18 if given opportunity. Now, right. if he got to 16 points in 
four assists, yes, I think he could get MIP. I, 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 I genuinely believe that he will have the opportunity to live up to that if they're going to stick to what Billups has publicly stated, which is, right. I want to play Dame less. I want to take the burden. You can't take the burden off Dame and CJ without giving it to somebody else at that guard position. And he is the most likely candidate. I remember talking with somebody and um, a few years ago at the Moda before the COVID stuff. And it was this, I mean, this kind of speaks to how great LeBron's been, but it was, it was the, the conversation about LeBron playing less minutes and it was Ty Lue was coaching the Cavs. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is a minute ago. And the, the narrative was like, LeBron's going to play less. He's getting older. He's got a lot of miles, yada, yeah. yada, yada. And somebody said to me and they go, I hate that narrative. And I go, why don't you think he should play less? And I go, well, should he probably, is he going to No. no. And I go, you don't buy it. And he goes, no, LeBron plays the minutes LeBron wants to play. So ding, I ding, get ding, what ding, Chauncey ding, ding, is ding. saying, but is Dame really going to go, yeah, I only want to play 32 tonight. It's like, no, those guys love to ball. That's yeah. their livelihood. So I, I And they're rhythm guys. Too. Dame and rhythm CJ are, are two of the most more staunch rhythm guys. Like they work themselves into a game, and that right. comes over those minutes. There's only so many Jordan Clarksons in the league. Who could just right. come in and be like, come in. <laughs> just just can be hot, like play twenty six, seven, eight minutes, and then just drop thirty yeah. points. Like that doesn't happen very often. So that, you know, that's another thing Chauncey says. The, Let's see if that really happens. And that's the thing is, I, I, if you're gonna say it, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go, okay, I'm gonna take you at your word. You're gonna say that, then that that burden, that responsibility falls on you to give Anthony Simons to give Norman Powell to yeah. empower them more. Uh, in that regard, and speaking of Norman Powell, uh, he did not practice today. He went into preseason game one with a bit of a hip stinger. Uh, he left, uh, was that in the third quarter? No, second or third quarter? Second. Second I quarter. thought it was second. It's all, second? Was it, so it's, it, all, it's all blending yeah. together now because Zeller got hurt in the third. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the, the I don't want to say injury bug. Are you worried at all? with no okay no i i look i i get it i do i know you i know you sick son of a bitch you got something in your brain that's gonna go let me rant about this for five minutes before you do that let me just say one don't put that juju on me ricky bobby and two <laughs> zeller suffered a broken nose it's bad luck he'll be okay there's there's Chauncey, only so much bad luck that goes around dude I know, but Chauncey says Norm's okay. I'm not concerned that he's not practicing. I won't care if he plays another preseason game. Yeah. Some of these guys are so experienced, it just doesn't matter. No. It's all about getting healthy and being ready for game one. Now, go ahead, wax poetic about how we should be scared that there's a voodoo doll out there somewhere and somebody's poking needles into it. Yeah, I want to find that SOB because they've been doing it uh, for a long time. I think they're 87 years old, and they've been having a lot of fun since the 70s with it. Yeah, they're just some dude that just got really pissed off at the Trailblazers down in Louisiana. I was like, nope, some some Bayou bumpkin and made up. I heard, I heard it was a dude from Baton Rouge. There you go. And Bill stole his weed, and ever since then he went back home, and he's like, screw that team forever. That that tracks. Like, you know? as stupid and as insane as that is, nothing else makes more sense. Like, legitimately, <laughs> it's just nothing else makes more sense. Like, oh, yeah, no, it's just unfortunate series of luck to, to just literally every person that ever plays for this franchise. Yeah. So, I, I'm I'm not worried, per se. Um, I mean, I am interested to see how Chauncey 
handles the public perception of injuries because the Neil Terry regime, they treated it like the Patriots and Bill Belichick. You didn't hear anything until Woj or Shams tweeted. We heard about Mo Harkless having off-season knee surgery at media day. The Blazers' own media people went, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. So It was a Zion situation. It was like, oh, and Zion broke his foot and had surgery. Like, uh, anybody else have that? Excuse me? Pardon me? Didn't have that on my bingo card. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. It's like, I I have already seen uh, Chaunce. Uh, in the post-game press conference before practice today, uh, following game one, Chauncey basically said, ah, we're pretty sure Cody's nose is broken. It wasn't a, we'll wait for the x-rays to confirm, and then uh, we're, you know, we'll just go, well, you guys will get the injury report. Chauncey just kind of laid it out. Like, ah, we're, we're pretty sure it's broke. So we're hoping it's not, but... Pre- and I think that it's a little thing, but as far as like covering the team, it is a little bit nicer, Right. Won't we have to wait and see before we totally conclude? I'm just saying, like right, like right now, like yeah, they have not black boxed this already. I don't think they. Okay, I I totally agree with what you're saying about Terry and and Neil. I don't feel like that injury would have been kept from us. I do feel like Terry would have shared that Cody broke his nose. Probably, I'm probably being a little unfair there, but I think Danny, I think the time for this evaluation of what you're talking about is real. I think we got to wait for the regular season if there's a rotation player. I will starter. not wait, Sprig. I'm just saying, I think that's when you gauge how honest <laughs> Chaunce. By the way, are we going with Chaunce or Chauncey? I'm going, going Chaunce. I'm going Chaunce. I'm going Chaunce. It's just, it's like, I I know I should be saying Chauncey, but the, this, this, the ingrained smartass in me just wants to stick with Chaunce for just. Every part of this. There's a real Jace to that. You know, oh, a hundred percent. That is where that's coming from. Jace. Now his name's Jason. You're just taking out two letters. Chauncey. It's like, you're just leaving out the E and the Y. You know what he Chauncey. calls Dame, right? Oh God. Damien. D. When does he call them D? I oh, don't know if I've ever oh, yeah. called him D. A couple times he's called him D in the press conference. It, it, there's the, uh, the video of him hitting the game winner uh, against OKC in the locker room. Uh-huh. If you find the the video of that, yeah, great job, D. Great job. <laughs> the first time I saw that, I was like, God, I... why? Why do you do this? Why do Dave, you do? It's a four letter nickname already. It's like the <laughs> Yes Man movie. It's like, can I call you Ka? It's like my name's Carl. It's already pretty short. It's Ka. four letters. I'm gonna call you Ka. It's like just call him Dave. If he looks at me, he's like, hey, duh. <laughs> just. <laughs> blow my brains out right then and there it's just i might call you da the rest of the uh, season what's up da that's my guy that's my guy da that's my guy da ma da ma <laughs> <sighs> man all right let's fast forward that's that's enough uh looking back well i think this is a good way to preface this zach lowe's kind of season preview or tier preview came out and he has the blazers in the play-in bracket yeah I saw that. Which you said you had them fourth? I think, yeah. Or my, fourth is a, a potential possibility. I think four is the best they could do. Okay. And I do, I'm pretty close. I don't know when we're going to give our like concrete predictions or whatever, but I, I would say right now I lean that they're fourth. I just think they care about the regular season a lot. This is a year of F you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we're, we can still do this. We're good. You're doubting us. There's a lot. And of you're gonna 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 going to want to set that with, with Dame, the the background of, of the Dame noise in the offseason. Right. 
Right. I could see them getting to fourth, like in a great year, but did you also see them in the play in? Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's not far fetched to me. I, I don't know why we take that so personal on Twitter where they're like, he disrespected it. It's like the West is really hard. And yeah. I don't know if those marginal moves are truly going to elevate them above some of these other teams that brought their guys back. And that's the thing is like, you can say I'm the negative guy and this, that, and all the other things that kind of go with it. Fine. Whatever. You cannot say that about Zach Lowe. No. Zach, it, there are very few things that Zach is going to be negative about. And even then he's going to cover it up. I tweeted about it earlier today when I tweeted out like where, what he had about Portland. He said, well, I guess that leaves the Clippers and the Blazers in the play in. And his very next sentence is, I love the Blazers top six. It's awesome. And it's like, so it's, it's less a condemnation of the Blazers and more a, Hey, the West is still really stupid. And are we past this point of the whole, have, have you got this, this East coast BS bias. No, the Eastern Conference is back, baby, because you know they won the finals and the 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 nets are loaded. But it's like you get past three teams and it's it's not it's not that great anymore. It's still a lot of like okay teams, but not not what the West has been for literally twenty years. The West is deeper. The East is top is better than the West. The top two for sure. You can probably argue three. Like is Philly better than any team any of the top three in the West? Well, what top? What would you say the top three going in for you in the West or East? The West. Right now, I assume the Lakers for you, right? I Lakers, mean, Jazz, Lakers. Suns. Okay. I don't Have think you, I don't think the Seventy Sixers are better than any of those three teams. I think they could be. That's I, At know, what series, after trading Simmons. Well, eventually, yeah. If it gets to that point, sure. But I think Philly. Well, I just I just have so much respect for Joel. That it's like I could see Joel winning. Like it's a night to night thing. If you told me a series, I don't know if I would pick them against those teams. But if you told me like in the regular season they sweep the Jazz or they sweep the Suns, yeah, that's that's not far fetched for me. And then I, I also think like I'm not just reacting to their crazy unpredictable run. You know, let's give a little respect to Atlanta. They cause a lot of pro- there's a lot of matchup offensively. They are a nightmare cover, and, and they're, they're not the great defensively. Season, yeah, it's. And they're going to get healthy. That's the thing is they were yeah. missing a ton of their wings in the playoffs. And they, unser- well, I mean, the Knicks don't have a point guard, and they still don't have a point guard, which is kind of their problem. Uh, uh, they did get a point guard, Kimba, king of New York, baby. He ain't stopping Trey. No, but he's getting dimes in Madison yeah. Square Garden. Listen, he's, he's, he's going to live that up, and it'll it'll be like Lynn Sanity, except it'll be Kemba Babemba. I don't know. Like, like It's, it's going to be like – They'll elevate him to a level he shouldn't be, and then they'll get smoked in the playoffs. Okay, one, I'm a big Kimba guy. I know he's not what people thought he's he fun. would be. He's good. I love watching Kimba Walker yes. play. I always have since UConn. Secondly, this is an, a, a side note. So I saw this, and I don't know if this was a glitch, but I follow a dude in the Bay Area columnist, and he tweeted today, for Apple TV users out there, this is for the listeners, mm. Apple TV, I guess, you can get NBA League Pass for $40. Oh. I'm like I'm about to look into it when we get done with the pod tonight because I'm like if that's real and there was a screenshot and everything and he responded and said yeah Apple TV I guess is it's offering for forty bucks if that's the deal yes sir jumping all over that one yeah uh, I, I guess that we can kind of lead now into 
at least a not bit. to not to distract from the topics. No, I no. just I wanted to throw that out because it was just hit my mind talking no, it's, about it's, Kimba, and I'm like, I'll be watching perfect. Kimba this year. Um, I mean, that's what we do here. We derail and go another way. It's the great part about this. <laughs> um, people are pissed, obviously, about the the current lack oh, of streaming sh- options. I got a timeout. I forgot my charger. Hold on. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll it. keep this going, which is great about, uh, you know. Damn it, Bobby. <laughs> the, uh, the current situation with streaming is, uh, is not great. Uh, people are very frustrated. I, I've heard from more than a few people. The Blazers are working on other options. Uh, Root is working on other options. I, I don't have any, like, breaking news or anything in that regard but i would expect they're trying to to not repeat the same mistakes that has been that have been made in the past which is the limited distribution dish network and at&t falling off uh or root falling off that like it's just it kind of is what it is um i i think they'll try to find a way to get something with one of the big ones either youtube or hulu oh i have information on that we're talking streaming yeah Okay, I'll, I'll pass along. So I was texting with uh, a person that should not be named. Yeah. You're doing the- a better job of this than I have. So I, I, I was being very roundabout about it. But if you want to go, go. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was told by somebody within the Blazers uh, team that – so I get that the streaming's been difficult. It's been frustrating. We talked about that on my radio show. A lot of people, like, really pissed off texting in. So Root, basically, since they aligned – with the Kraken and the Mariners, and now they have the Blazers. The idea for Portland's side was that if they partner with Root, it forces Root's hand to create streaming avenues for people like me and mm. other fans out there that do streaming, maybe more so the direct TV or cable. So it was kind of a um, a pressure play in a certain regard of NBC is not working for us. Root is the other Northwest alternative. So we'll work with Root, and Root will be forced because crack the Kraken's home opener and the Blazers' first game or their home opener, it's yep. the same night. So they either have to split the channels or split the the, nope. uh, the broadcast. They can't split them. So what they're going to do, they can't split them yet. Yes. What they're going to do is people in the Washington, Seattle area are going to get the Kraken game, and people in Southwest Van, you know, Washington and Portland, and Oregon, only going to get the Blazers. So you kind of get screwed if you wanted to watch hockey and basketball. But they did it because they want to put pressure on Root to basically join the streaming world. Right now, they're negotiating with Hulu, yes. and it's going very well. YouTube TV basically feels like they're out of luck, at least at this juncture. But that being said, even with the switch and the dish drop, they're probably still reaching more homes with the Root move than they did with NBC They Sports are because Sports. of being on direct. Because it was prior to the drop, it was about two million and some change mm-hmm. with Root, and with NBC, it was about one point three. So that's a pretty big difference. But you take Dish into effect, I'd assume a couple hundred thousand are involved in that, and but you're still making, you're still getting to more eyeballs. So there's an update on the streaming situation. And for those trying to understand the the implications of this, the Blazers currently have Seattle as their market, as the as their designated territory by the league. That's why we, when we've talked about uh, Seattle getting a franchise, why it means so much to the Blazers and to Jody Allen and Vulcan is because that new ownership group would have to pay a fee for those TV rights because it's currently Portland territory. So by the Blazers axing that territory out, which is ad revenue for Root, 
they're putting that pressure on them to go get streaming options to make it a viable market in Seattle and to allow Root to bring their Seattle market for hockey to Portland because they can't do both at the same time right now without with first resolving that and giving that secondary option. I was also told there's about 100,000 people that streamed the Blazer games last year. So, you know, I'm one of those that I had Hulu and then I went to YouTube TV. So it is a pretty decent amount. That's of people a decent amount, but still less than I thought. Less than I thought, too. But I still like which is why they're, they're more worried about the cable options than they are. But you still don't want to. Le- I mean, that's you don't want to lose it. Hell thousand no. people yeah, no. that can't watch your game. That's a problem. Yeah, it's that's not great, Bob. Certainly, if you're, and, if you're and, cutting and those people out. I also had somebody else reach out to me that I I knew when I was a kid. He was a uh, a friend's dad, and I haven't seen him in years. But he reached out on Twitter and told me that he because he used to have season tickets. Emailed McGowan personally, and he actually shot me back mcgowan's response which wasn't very long but it basically said it's en route to figure out distribution that's their situation that's not ours so well, I mean, that's I part of the negotiating rights like that's it, yeah the answer doesn't please people i understand that i can i can understand the mcgowan looks a certain way with that response but it's also honest right yeah. it's and that's the one thing we, we talked about this now. with with mcgowan last week like you can be mad about things that he has done, but he's been on the right side of this stuff on the business side of it since day one. Like this is the guy that made hockey popular and and successful in Los Angeles. Like he, the guy knows what he's doing. So uh, I would say be patient, um, and then they'll hopefully they'll have a resolution to it. I don't think it's going to be their opening night. I think it's they're still going to it'll be a couple weeks into the season before we get. Real- oh, you mean like Hulu? Yeah. Oh yeah, I wouldn't expect it by opening night, but I'd expect it by 15 Christmas. games in. Um, yeah, yeah, I would. I, I, that's kind of where I would say it. it would, by It'd be great Thanksgiving at probably the earliest, Christmas probably by the latest if they have a, an, a, another solution in that regard. So there you go, guys. There's there's a there's the uh, <laughs> the business side of it update as far as kind of what's what's going on, or at least what we have heard um, is going on within the organization. So uh, let's spin this forward now to back to the basketball side of things. You've got uh, three games in a week after having a week off. And I'm actually kind of glad that this is going this way in that the Blazers got their one game. And now, as Chauncey said, he gets to put an address on it. They get to go back. Nas can look at his film. Nurk can look at his film. Ant can look at his film. I don't think, I mean, Dame and CJ are going to, but I... Dame went out there, just kind of chilled for a quarter and a half, then set the world on fire, what scored 16 in 19 minutes. Um, uh, CJ looked not great for the first probably five, seven minutes of that game, and then he kind of found his groove. But, again, those guys kind of are who they are. They're going to do what they do. The young guys, the guys whose roles are changing, they have a full week. They've got practice. They've got a ton of tape time. What are you looking for? tangible things because as we know Sprague hates preseason it doesn't matter (laughs) what are the tangible things you're looking for in game two I mean you got to be better defensively at least you got to show that you're improving defensively it doesn't mean that you're holding Sacramento to 80 freaking points or 90 points but I I I understand that learning somebody else's new teachings on that side of the court is gonna disrupt things to a certain regard but I, I, there was too much scrambling. There was too much looking lost moments for me. I I, I got to see 
I got to see more consistent, better communication and play there. I know communication. What I mean by that is not holding guys accountable. We saw that it was, it's more the, Hey, you know, tell rotate, help off the ball, like talk to each other on that side of the court. I need to see that. Like of all the things we can bring up, and I know you'll bring up some good stuff. I know they're going to be good offensively. Like that's not a doubt for me. So it's <laughs> why the did Neil they fire? Have, it, yeah, yeah, why did Neil fire Terry? Why did he defense, hire defense, Chauncey? Defense. It's it's defense. So if your defense is not going to get better, you're largely going to be the same, if not a worse team than you were last year. I'd like to see some improvement in the second game. That doesn't have to be a huge leap, but I'd like to see and feel a little better than what I saw the first game. So game one, the Warriors really pushed pace and they got threes up. Sixty nine, nice. Um, 69 three-point attempts, even though it's a preseason game, one off an NBA record. And it <laughs> felt like they got I think Kerr's going to break that record in the preseason. Like, it was it was nuts. It was I, – I looked at it, I, I thought they had 80, to be honest, when it was all yeah. said and done. I was like, this is insane. I'll, I'll say this. I am not a uh, bring back the 87-76 uh, score games. I don't want that. I do not want to watch 73s a night. A lot of threes. I understand the value of the three. I do not want to watch teams run up and down the floor take threes. I, I don't. You're abusing the three at that point, in my opinion. Yeah, and I I, I hope that, that that's not what the league does. I, I genuinely hope it does not grow to that. Well, we have have we seen any other numbers suggest the league's doing that versus Golden State? Curry just like no, just let it fly we've tonight. seen the league as a whole creeping up. Every We've seen year. it go up, but I'm, I mean, to take a leap like that. I is... don't think it's going to get that high anytime soon, but I think it, it is going to, con- like, as we get more players who everybody in the NBA is a shooter, everybody shoots now. Like, there's no longer these siloed non shooter roles and the, the Ben Simmons jokes notwithstanding here. There's so many more shooters in the NBA than there ever was. And so floor spacing is at a premium, and it just ends up being three after three after three after three. I don't want to watch that. I, I genuinely, I want to, I want to see guys still attack the rim and, and finish at the hoop. I want to see post games. Like I, I, I love guys who can genuinely work in the post effectively and efficiently. Just that raw skill itself is incredible. But as far as it pertains to the Blazers, they've got the Sacramento Kings who they aren't going to take nearly as many threes, but they are going to play fast and they're going to play young, fast young as hell. Yeah. They've got young guys in Fox and Halliburton that they fly, man. They get going, and they present some unique opportunities for the Blazers. So they're going to be more in transition, I would assume. They are going to play with a breakneck pace. They played with the fastest pace in the league last year offensively. Um, One thing I did notice from the defense in game one is they were pretty poor about getting back in transition pretty regularly, and that was Mm -hmm. something that they struggled with in Terry Stotts. And I think that has less to do with Terry and more to do with the personnel. Um, I think it, I think it's just um, it's bad habits. Yes, it's really bad habits. You got to uh, break yourself of those habits. Guys who get disengaged and they don't, they're not fleet of foot. Like Nurt, all of a sudden getting down deep offensively and now having to run ninety feet on right. a, on a quick change, not good. Uh, not having Cantor and Mello will be much more successful for that second unit. So I don't think. I don't think they're going to get burned that bad. So those are the things more that I'm looking at uh, going into game two. How how much more connected are they in their three-point defense as far as like running guys off the line? They were successful on one pass or two pass. Anything after two pass, 
things went pretty sideways, uh, and they were in a scramble drill really the entire second half, which not really a big deal because most of the, the regulars were out. Uh, but even the starters didn't look great in that regard. So I think mm-hmm. that that's the, probably the big thing that I'm looking for. No, I, I, I like that. I'm going to be looking for the same thing. Like you said, offensively, this this team should never struggle offensively. I mean, yeah, every team's going to have a lapse, but yeah, they're largely but I mean, never like going to have a problem. The overall, like, yeah, offense and it, watching that that game on on Monday. Are we going to get more Nurk? That was the thing. So we talked about it a little bit. They 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 clearly ran some sets for him. They did some things yes, for him, did. but they also Nurk had five turnovers as he was incredibly incredibly sloppy at times. Yeah, we talked about that going into the game in the pregame. I don't feel comfortable. I'm comfortable with him being at the top doing the handoff stuff, like mm-hmm. the quick dribble handoff screen roll. When he starts dribbling and he had it a couple times, I'm like, oh God, pass the ball. It's like watching a menu dribble again. I'm like, just get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. He's I, so big. He's just he's massive. It, and it's it's a problem. Most yeah. when you're that big, you can't put the ball on the floor, particularly turn your back. He he got ripped twice on on post-up opportunities. When you're yep. that big and you turn your back, when you dribble, that ball comes up to damn near five feet. Yep. Like it's just it's just simple biomechanics. When he's effective, it's when he's looking downhill, when he's looking at the rim. I think we saw him knock down, a, what was he, one of two from three? Uh, I think he's one of two. So if that becomes a real thing, not shooting 50%, but where he, let's say he's 35%, that does some things for this offense like and what they can do and what they can do with him however he's still very poor as a playmaker on the move and that's kind of been a issue for portland in general dame cj nurk they're the three primary playmakers are not good uh on the move playmakers particularly in the paint larry nance jr that's probably what he's best at uh i would say or is his, i say his most valuable skill yeah. Uh, Demetrius says the ball movement sucked because nobody was moving. I thought there was more sets and plays and actions that had more back cutting built into it. And it was yeah. kind of chunky because guys still aren't used to it. Obviously, the play that sticks out to me is the ant one-handed bullet pass down the middle to a back cut for CJ after the overplay on the uh, pin down or the flare screen on the opposite side. Uh, Nance redirected some stuff really good on back cuts or when the defense overcommitted when he was playing on the short roll. Uh, his box score numbers were non-existent, but I thought the stuff that he did on both sides of the floor was really good. And that kind of leads me to the next point. Larry Nance Jr., we've barely talked about just because I think he fit in almost too well that he was in too too much in the background and not featured enough outside of his screen and roll. Yeah, I mean, I, I we... I don't know if we disagreed, but I, I'd like to see a little more from Larry because I do think Larry was a good pickup for them, and I do think that they can feature him a little more on that side of the ball, and I think he brings good things for them, like things that they didn't necessarily have last year. I, I want to see more of it. I really do. I want them to force the issue to a certain extent to make him feel even more comfortable. I'm trying to figure out what what they need to do or where they need to do it to get not just Nance involved with that second unit, but oh, excuse me, Nurk did hit two threes. I thought he hit two threes. Two, okay. Yeah, he was two for four. I was like, I could have swore I saw him take some more. Um, but 
I want to see Nance, I think, a little bit more with like a staggered bench unit. Half starting group, half bench reserve kind of deal. Like, let's see what it looks like when there's no BS, more playmaking on the floor. I would very much like to see the like the Dame, Norm, Nance, Covington, Nurk lineup or stick whoever the hell you want at the three with Covington and Nance at the four or five and you just kind of have them, you know, playing off of each other, which is something we actually might see against Sacramento because they don't have a traditional center. Uh, they've got Rashawn Holmes, who's, you know, featured, but Bagley is more of a, you know, in-between kind of guy, even though he's not a real floor stretcher. So, Oh, is he is he playing? He he was. Is he going to get hurt again? He wasn't. The, well, not just is he going to get hurt. Is he going to keep his parents off Twitter? Dude, do you feel like nobody talks about how bad that pick was? No, Sacramento talks about how bad that pick was because they screwed up horribly. It was it was awful. It, it was just I, I didn't like the pick when it was made. I'm like I wouldn't take that dude number two. No, thank you. Never trust two players. It's kind of always been my mantra. Um, there are exceptions. Uh, it was looking bad for me on Kyrie, but I think uh, I think we've come full circle on on Kyrie or flat circle. <laughs> there you go. We've come flat circle on Kyrie. Two best um, players, Shane Battier, Elton Brand. Would you say? <laughs> Outside of Kyrie, when he's good, yeah, I mean it's there. I mean Zion obviously is going to shatter yeah. that, but you know, is he really a dude? Is he playing? Yeah. I mean, at some point, got to play, man. It's so bad, but uh, mm. this this Kings team is going to be uh, a different challenge, a unique challenge, and I think this, they'll play a little bit smaller, and you'll figure out the the Blazers going a little bit smaller. And that's what the reality is. Zeller might not play, so you might actually get an opportunity to see uh, some of the small ball lineups that we've talked about all summer. You you mentioned Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox. I'm a huge De'Aaron Fox fan. I love, I love De'Aaron Fox. Um, I love the backcourt. Yeah, Halliburton was really good before he got hurt. How much are you interested to see, not that they're giving, I guess, a 1,000% of their energy on defense. How curious are you to watch Damon CJ defensively against young, quick guys? Because this is supposed to be your accountability, 100% buy-in. We're changing this thing around. Year of like, accountability. I love that. Well, you know, it's kind no, of what no, it's, 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 it's what it's become. Right? Um, again, not that they need to shut them down or they're going to, because I don't think they can. But like, I, I'm kind of curious to keep my eye on what they do defensively, because if those two dudes don't change, I don't know how many people realize this defense isn't going to climb to the level they think it is. It might be better because they don't have really Cantor and, and Mello eating up a ton of minutes. It might get to 20th or 19th. Yeah. I don't know if you're getting in your top 15 area if those two guys aren't going to play hard defensively. But those those two guys at the front, at Damon CJ, the point of attack, that's that's always been kind of this uh, yeah, and I think it that's, matters. That that's why I think it's going to be a a a good way to take a look at this. As far as how it matches up versus the Warriors, um, obviously Jordan Poole and, and Steph were a different backcourt, uh, pulling up from half court regularly and jacking up threes. Uh, Fox wants to get downhills. And you, I, I believe he was third in total drives last year. I'm trying to, I'm trying to go off memory. I, I did a bunch of research on on uh, interior drives and passing all summer, and I remember seeing his name pop up all the time. So he he bends defense. Uh, he's arguably the quickest player in the NBA with the ball. He, yeah. He's just explosive as can be. So if you're talking about having a more aggressive defense, bringing your big up to the level on pick and roll coverage, he is the guy who is going to turn that that corner and expose it more than anybody. So I think it's going to be a good, a good barometer 
for uh, how well and effective they are anticipating or, or thinking about the situation uh, as far as it pertains to, to defensive growth. Yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those things where, and I think Nance can be a huge part in that because if Nance is your, if you end up going with a small ball five, I think that's where you can see some, some different coverages. Yes. You're losing the rim protecting, but I think Nance can ride that screen out further. I he's think he's quicker can, though. I think he's a little better with his feet. Cuts, like, he cuts angles off yeah. better. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's where you're going to see like the actual growth defensively, like right. where the scheme change can be more impactful because everybody's like, well, Terry was just burying Nurk and drop coverage. Yeah, he's seven foot three hundred pounds. And as much as Nurk says he wants to do this, you can say it in one hand and crap in the other. Tell me which one fills up first. Because that's just the reality. Like, as much as I love Nurk, and I do, he gets gassed in under 30 minutes. And now you want him to play a more aggressive coverage. Yeah. I understand why Terry did what he did. It it, it just kind of a, a situation that's just didn't have a good answer. Right. Larry Nance Jr. for the first time is a, is a good answer. And I think if you're going to be more aggressive in those in those situations. So when you take a look at that, that's probably the thing that I'm looking forward to the most now that I think about it. I hadn't really kind of dove into it. I'm like, let's see if the Blazers go with some small ball stuff. Let's see if they they mm-hmm. they they change they change some things uh and are more even more aggressive in those things and not even that, more connected uh in that regard. Yeah. When you're looking forward uh, to the rest of the preseason, what are your goals now for Chaunce uh, as far as like the overall idea of it all um, and how you want them to go into game one of the regular season? Like if you're making a mental checklist in your head of like, okay, between now and the end of the preseason, next three games, I want to see this, this, and this or growth towards this. And what are those what do those actual mile markers look like? Well, defensively, I mean, just overall, that's got to be number one for me going mile marker wise going into yeah. game one. Um, I, I think rotations, having a better feel for what your rotations will be. Maybe that will get disrupted now that Cody's nose is broken. But to what you just said, I mean, you've got to F around with some small ball lineups. And I think he will. Right. Like it wouldn't make sense not to. So getting an idea that if you go, if, if, if Cody and or Nurk miss the average amount of games that they do or that they have, um, you don't feel quite as lost without one of those guys. I know you'll feel an impact more with Nurk Certainly. than you would Cody, obviously. But knowing that Larry and Cody are there or Larry and Nurk are there, you don't feel like this ginormous drop off because I think in a lot of ways, man, I, I think what you're talking about in pick and roll coverage and just on the other end, I think there's a real chance that Larry becomes their best big defender. And, and I think in pick that, and roll coverage, he will be and pick and roll coverage for certain. But like, I just think overall he's quicker than people think he's, he's kind of underrated at when well, I underrated anymore, I guess, because you know, what he showed us in Cleveland, he's underrated still, in my opinion, athletically yeah. compared to what he's is to these other bigs. So I, I just, I think there's going to be a lot of instances and nights where we walk off going, Larry's their best defensive big overall, not just on the pick and roll, but overall. So I think if you can, if you can nail down your rotations, I think if you can, if you can make me feel better defensively, you would ease a lot of my worries because the rest of the stuff I think is taking care of itself. I don't have a question on offense, right? Nazir's Which is hilarious minutes. because that seems to be, oh, it's a ISO-heavy <laughs> offense. You know, you get these these pushbacks and these arguments that are a little bit, uh, 
faulty, but yeah, I, I I still think that when it's all said and done offensively, that still things look relatively the same. And Ant, Ant's development's huge yeah. because you didn't feel good with your bench unit last year. You have to feel better with it this year, or you're gonna feel you're gonna find yourself a lot in the same situation. Yeah, and as, as far as it pertains to Larry Ant Jr., I I want to push back on this only because I think it undersells Nurk a little bit, and I, I don't know if I necessarily disagree, but I definitely want to argue about it. <laughs> well, tell me this: who fouls out more? And that's that. That's a he, who fouls out more? Who yeah. who creates more situations that are um, negatives for their team? Um, I feel like he Nurk when he's tired. Sorry to interrupt you, but Nurk no. when he's tired is hacking. Oh, a hundred percent. He's Larry's, reaching, he's, he's falling. Yes. Yeah, no, it's, but I guess this is, this is more. It's about a worn argument. out boxer. You know, it's like, let me get to the body and I'm going to wrap you yeah. to give myself a breath. I think this is more of a ceiling or floor question. I think Nurk gives you a higher ceiling. Larry gives you a higher floor. I, Cause I think Nurk's rim protection is real. Like it, he's just so big. He's so damn big. I have for anybody who's never actually been next to Yusuf Nurkic, it's hard to quantify just how big he really is. The best thing that I can I can qualify this with is go put your face up against the glass of a phone booth and try to shoot. That's the closest thing. Like, I mean, good luck finding a phone booth. I was going to say, boy, you really dated yourself. Yeah, I know. A phone booth. You want a phone booth? What, 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 I mean, what, what's out there now? Go go stand next to. Uh, go put your face along a Prius that stood up on its end. Like what? <laughs> uh, you know, I go put yourself next to an electrical charging station and then. Shoot. That's probably pretty know. close. Yeah, that's probably pretty <laughs> close. Yeah, that's like I, I guess I should have gone that way with the Prius. <laughs> but yeah, like it's just it's like the, the whole idea, the whole idea of releasing a shot at you yeah. know at five eleven for me, you know I release it at probably six five six six maybe a little bit higher. And I'm, I've got the ball effectively at his chest. Right, right. Like, just think about that for a second. Just, like, your average point guard in the NBA, what they have to do to clear him, and that's if he's not jumping with his arms down. All of a sudden, he's contesting. He doesn't get a ton of blocks. He's okay at blocking shots, but he deters a ton. And Nance, while he does have a solid reach and wingspan, is nowhere near Nurk's size. And so, oh, for sure. So I give him that nod because we've seen, and when it comes to playing against guys who can actually do work in the post, Nurk, I mean, I know Jokic gave him that work, but Jokic gives everybody that work. Nurk can shut guys down with his size. No? We, sh- we shall see. Yeah. But again, I don't, th- like I said, I don't know if I necessarily disagree, but I just wanted to argue over this. No, I, I think it's a fair thing to wonder because I've had several games in the Nurk era where I've been like, Hell yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. And then I have other games, a lot of games. Hell where I'm no, like, no more. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Whether it's dunk the basketball, stop doing this finesse crap, or stop reaching, getting lazy, or how did that happen? How did you give that up? The barometer of the up and down versus the straight line of consistency. I think it's, it's that's, that's such that's, a wave. That is the the hallmark of use of Nurkic. What are you looking for? Like, this is the tough thing for me. Like, outside of defense, I just don't have a lot. Like, come game one, I, I think they need to figure vibes, this out. Vibes, baby. Vibes. <laughs> I believe in vibes, actually. I'm a big vibes guy. Like, how much of the Dame is, like, totally in stuff is real? Like, I, I genuinely believe Dame is... Do his teammates believe it? 
Oh, I think they do. I, I, he's given us no reason ever in his career no. to think that he's not engaged. A, a two-faced guy or engaged or anything like no, that. No. But does leaves, that cloud, does it hang? Like everybody, It hangs if are, they start to fall. But they, uh, people are human. Right. If all of a sudden let's they stumble out of the gate, do they you know feel a little weird? That's why I wonder, Like if they have a crappy preseason like they did last year, because they right. were bad. Mm-hmm. They like It was like, ooh, God. And everybody just kept, oh, it's preseason. Then they went out and got absolutely waxed by the jazz. Like that wasn't even a basketball game. I, no. They got humiliated. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, 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 this is going to be a bad year. So I think they need to build towards something and not just like, Oh, it's a nice fun thing. Like the defense is better. It's tangibly like you have to be like, you have to have something when you go into game one where it may not be mid-season defense, but it can't be preseason defense. Like it's got to be viable, and I don't. Game one was not viable mm-hmm. from the starting unit. The right. bench unit, eh, whatever. Starting unit did not look good, but I'm not holding that against them because it's one game with a lot of changes, a lot of new verbiage, a lot of new everything. Mm-hmm. Game two, I better see a little bit better. Game three. It better start looking. If if that's if that's their dress rehearsal, that's what I'm looking for. And then game four is kind of whatever when they run the the you know training camp guys out there. But come game one, they can't get out there and get embarrassed because with all of the other pressures, with it being you know Chauncey's first year, Nurk's contract year, Dame's trade year, the the feeling the feeling of this team right away has to at least be good because if it's not it has the potential to go sideways very very quickly i mean danny you tell me this i'm looking right now at the schedule you're you're really talking their first eight, eight of the four, games eight of their first 14 are not easy i mean you open with sacramento and you should win that game but hell fox and Halliburton could be sneaky those, those this year. Kings, those Kings-Blazers games for the last 10 years, no matter Always. who has played, they yeah. are played tightly. It's such a weird thing. But, yeah, I never look at that and go, oh, that's a win, because it's always like, eh, right. it's Sacramento. They always play that game stupidly. You're always you're always in a dogfight with them. And then you got Phoenix, L.A., without Kawhi, but still, they went to they, the West they, Finals. They put on a, a show. Team. Memphis, L.A., Charlotte's going to be a hell of a team to try to defend this year. And then Philly. I don't know if Philly's going to be without Simmons, but I, well, I mean, assume they're, they're Their vibes good. are sideways, too. Sure. But, I mean, those are your first seven games. I mean, you... You don't have, a like, a, oh, that's a win game there. You could be five and two. You could be two and five. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't... I don't know, man. I think coming out the gate, it's going to be so important to establish what you are and to figure that out. Because we know who they are identity in the past. And it was been made abundantly clear that that identity is not acceptable. So if you're if you're going to change things, how long can you stick to those guns? Yeah. And will they stick to those guns for all of the talk that we have heard? And this isn't like throw Chauncey and Neil under the players under the bus. I say this about every team in the NBA. 
because I'm I got I argued with a couple of buddy of mine that are, that are Lakers uh, media guys today. Like, oh, Carmelo Anthony's not a bad rebounder, and I'm like, he was a god awful train wreck of a rebounder. He had the same rebounding rate as Buddy Heald and T.J. McConnell last year. He's they think he's a good rebounder because when he grabs it, he tells you to get the f out of here. Yes, and there's well, and he was like a solid rebounder on volume throughout his career. He can't jump over a roll of toilet paper. So you get even media folks, fans, everybody who get like locked into what guys are or have been in the Absolutely. past. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I try to stay away from that stuff with this. It's like this is what this team has shown in the past. And we're not talking about like guys who are degrading in the, you know, uh waning years of their career, Carmelo Anthony going into his year thirty eight season. Like we're or yeah, thirty seven, thirty eight season. Um I just I can't I can't look at that and be like, oh yeah, that's that's the same as prime Damian Lillard, prime CJ McCollum, and a rookie head coach having to manage all of the things that are currently right. on the plate. Right. That for me is so that's why when we're talking about those mile markers, the defense has to be passable and guys have to be on the same page and that buy in and I'm not just talking about the the defense, but like team buy in. Like these dudes have to be on the same page. And I don't, I don't know if the preseason is going to be enough to get there. It might not be. And this is kind of like the final point that I have on yeah. the whole thing. You talked about Dame and <clears throat> how much the teammates uh, in the back of their minds are thinking about what what's his future, right? Because it seemed a little cloudy at one point mm-hmm. in the summer and then he got reinvested. I'm still not personally at a point where I'm like, yeah, his Instagram post made me think he wants to be here for the next 10 years. If they're not great, I, I'm going to be fully ready for the Damian Lillard has asked for a trade type situation. That being said, not to get ahead of ourselves here. I think what you worry about is the circumstances around him. Yes. And what I mean, what I mean by that is even if he's locked in and playing Damian Lillard basketball, which I fully expect, how many of those guys in that locker room are going to look around, know what they really are, because what they say what they want, but they know how they stack up truly. Yeah. And how much do you need to worry about the personality types and what they all kind of individually start thinking and doing? Not it's, to say it's contract years, baby. It's contract years. It's oh my god, we're gonna lose Dame because we're the seven seed in the West and there's That's zero chance saying. we're winning. Like even even there's if. points to all that. Nurkic mm-hmm. is he gonna be unhappy ten games in? Is Norm gonna be unhappy or unsatisfied? Is Ant gonna be happy in his contract year? Like there's a lot. Is CJ is CJ gonna like CJ? He's knows never gonna, he's gonna be unhappy. He's the number two here. He never gets any criticism. He's getting paid and he's got a vineyard. He's well, the but what he's the one if, guy. No doubt. <laughs> He's Neil's boy, but like, what if his role or his shot gets go diminished? Down? Yeah, you know, I I don't call him out often. I I really have enjoyed him as a Blazer. That Pelican series, I thought he quit when they got swept. Mm-hmm. I watched him play, and I'm like, that dude's ready for Cancun. He didn't care about Game Four. Yeah, and I know statistically it looked okay. I watched that game from start to finish. He didn't put up shots till it was over. I just I think that's okay to say out loud. Of I'm worried about that a little yeah. bit. That if this team starts a little rocky. You know, where are some of these guys' heads going to go? Is it going to go, oh, woe is me. I got to worry about me and get mine? Or is it going to be fully locked in every single person for every game for 82? I think we'll get a good read of that the first 20 games. But that is something in the back of my mind I'm worried about. I am simultaneously giving them 20 games and also at 20 games, like trying to figure out exactly what this team is. 
Does that make sense? It, it's no, like, it makes a lot of sense, yeah. Like, yeah, you need to give this team time to gel, and I'm not going to crush them night in, night out if things don't go well, and I'm not going to go, oh, my God, they're a title-winning team if they come out of the gates gangbusters. Oh, and you know if they beat the Kings, there's going to be those people. Here we go. See that? With Chauncey's better than Terry. I can already see it. And it's like, <sighs> if you can see that in game one against the Kings, don't- I don't want to know what your reaction is if they're barely over 535 games. Yeah. In. What did your your opinion swing the other way or did it stay the same? And it's somebody else's fault. It's a it's a definitely go with God situation. Speaking of going with God, we are going to yeah. go with God here. Uh, wrap <laughs> things up. Uh, there There's a lot of arguments in the comments. Guys, normally I, I, I want to engage us with or- No, just on random stuff about Ben Simmons. And I'm just oh. – we got other stuff to go with right now. <laughs> Ben Simmons is not important in Portland anymore. That's a topic that doesn't matter. No, I, I, I I'm merely certain that's about dead unless things change drastically. Oh, I'm both. A, I, I'll tell you right now. I've talked to a couple of people. It's, it's gone. It's dead. Yeah. It's dead, dead, dead. Yeah. So, um, what do you got coming up for the, coming up for the rest of the week, buddy? Uh, we just, you know, same old stuff, man. We got football to talk about on the radio show and, uh, locked and loaded. Got the gambling show coming up on Sunday evening. And uh, obviously, we'll be back with this thing. Uh, we got the Monday stuff. We got uh, mailbag stuff. So we got, we got a lot to look Sunday forward to. Or Saturday. We, we might move the recording date on that around, just so everybody knows, just because uh, the weekends are tough for the football star sprig. Uh, it's not a. I wish I was a football star. That would be a really cool life. No, no, but football I'm starved. Not. Oh, starved. Yeah. yeah. Well, can never have too much football. That's, we that's got a good Thursday yeah. night game yeah. tomorrow. Um, and then also rate, review, subscribe. Please share this podcast yes. with as many people as you as you can. We really enjoy doing this with you guys. We're taking a lot of time out of our personal lives to do this. Um, and we're going to be really busy this season, man. We really are. So thank you for all the support. Continue to share. Uh, continue to argue in the comments or argue with us. It doesn't matter. We're ready to go. I typically it. like it more when they argue with us, but uh, they, they're, they're <laughs> arguing with each other today, and I've just, we, we're just kind of rolling through. Let's uh, keep it at a basketball argument and nothing more. Let's yeah, not get personal with this thing, man. It's not that serious. That's you know? kind of where I, I, I just kind of let it go today. So everybody do us a favor and and, and be civil with each other at yes. least a little bit. Uh, as always, you can find Sprague on Twitter at Brandon Brit at Brandon Sprague, not Brandon Brigg. Uh Or I thought you were going to go Brandon Brandon, like I'm Andrew Andrews. <laughs> Good poll by Lamar, by the way, on that broadcast. And Andrew Andrews poll, Benson not, alum? Not not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, Did you think I'm... Kevin Calabro sounded different? Yes. I've had this discussion with a few people. Okay, so my it's theory preseason is... for him, too. Okay, two things. It's either preseason Kevin Calabro or it's I'm retiring in two years. This is going to be an easy paycheck for me, Kevin Calabro. Both? And I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that through the preseason and be ready for game one. That's what yeah, I want to see. That's, uh, listen, if there's anything I, I say about Casey, he will unabashedly um, have some fun at everybody's expense, which I love. It was nice to have him back. It is. Uh, Mike says, Danny, ride the Peloton tonight in your honor. Hey, I'm back on it. So if you're, if you're, if you're, a, if you're a Peloton person, uh, you can follow me on Peloton uh, at Danny Morang. Same as everywhere else. Same as across my social media. Look at that plug right there. Uh, horrible transition, just stumbling over myself. Uh, <laughs> at Danny Morang across all social media, except for Instagram, which is at D Morang. Uh, I'm trying to be more active there. I'm just not a, an IG dude. I'm, I'm ugly. Yeah, I'm not so. a big IG guy. I kind of don't like Facebook in general. And that's I, Listen, the only reason I use it is because I have a, a business page for this stuff and I promo everything through there and then I post my pictures of my beautiful wife and I. That is that is about it. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, thank you everybody who yeah. makes this all possible. We will have the pre and post game show all season long, so we will have you Monday, uh, I believe at five. I need to double check the t- start time on that. I haven't got seven, that far it's seven yet. o'clock game. Okay, so we'll we'll have you guys yeah. at five uh, as per usual. Uh, we'll go for about twenty five to thirty, and we'll get out of there, give you guys some time before the game. Then we'll have you right after the horn. We'll be the mailbag pod as always. If you have mailbag questions, at Danny Barang on Twitter, at or excuse me, Jack Ramsey's at gmail.com. If you don't have Twitter, uh, or you can. Send them to Brandon, and well, I can hopefully remind Brandon to send them to me. So that'll be the, the chain of command. I don't know how well that'll work. We're gonna try it out. Let's see what happens. Uh, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel at Danny Moran, or excuse me, YouTube.com. God, I'm confusing everything. Danny, YouTube.com backslash Danny Morang. There we go. And I think you're dehydrated. You keep throwing out a lot of Danny Morangs here. Everything's just a Danny Morang, is well, what I so, would say. I, I set it up that way solely because if anything changes, if any of your name changes or whatever else, I always have right. the, the consistency in the channel. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of what it goes. But yeah, I have I have pounded one of these already. I'm already halfway down. I don't know what is going on. Probably the, all of the, the Peloton sweating. <laughs> that's the only thing I can go with. But, Welcome uh, back. Yes. Baby steps. Uh, yeah. Screw it. We'll get out of here on that. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com